We've been in this series called Fruit, uh, Fruit by the Foot, right? We've been looking at Galatians chapter 5. We've been looking at the fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you have no idea what this fruit by the foot nonsense is about, let me try to explain it. Basically, you know, Paul talks about this fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in our lives. And what he, what he says is that essentially when the Holy Spirit lives in you, resides in you, you begin to produce fruit and you walk a certain way. You look a certain way, you talk a certain you behave a certain way because that's what the Holy Spirit does. Hence, fruit by the foot. The fruit of the Holy Spirit by the way we live it out. So that's what we're going to be. Uh, that's where we're going to be at today. I want to read the verses really quickly. They're going to be on the screen so that you guys can follow along. Galatians chapter five, verses twenty-two to twenty-six. Here's what it says: But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So here's what happens. When, when you become a follower of Jesus, Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would take residence inside of you. Jesus' work on the cross, the Holy Spirit's work inside of you, regenerates you, changes your life, forgives you of your sin, grants you eternal security, that once this life is over, we'll be in the presence of our Heavenly Father. Jesus and the Holy Spirit does all of that. But guess what? I can't see none of that in your life. However, the Bible says in, that the Holy Spirit here, what Paul is teaching us, that the Holy Spirit also begins to produce fruit in your life. And, it, you know, another way you can look at it is evidence of the Holy Spirit work in your life. And that we are able to see. We can see if somebody's joyful. I can tell when you're kind or when you're a jerk or an idiot, right? I can tell those things on the outside because of the things you say and how you act and how, how you live your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those things we can see on the outside and it impacts the way we live. In fact, uh, the big idea for this whole series has been this, that is that the, the Holy Spirit empowers us to produce fruit. The Holy Spirit empowers us to produce fruit. That's been the big idea of our entire uh, series. I want to be, and I want to have more fruit in my life. Now, two weeks ago, we did Love, Joy, Peace, and Patience, okay? If you want to catch that, you can go on YouTube and look up Swerve Church, and you can uh, pick it up there. We're going to try to, you know, finish out the rest of the fruit. All right, today. So number five is this. It's kindness. And what I learned is that as I study these words, originally I wanted to do all this like in a message, you know, like in one message, bust out all the words. Uh, but what I, what I realized is that I, as I study the word and you look at the original language that the document, you know, Galatians was written in, there oftentimes was a lot more in, involved than what just the word says. So number five is kindness in an angry world. Because that's what the original language uh, intends to say. Guys, the world is so angry right now. Anybody need a reminder about that? And I'm not just talking about the road rage uh, that you experienced. I'm not just talking about uh, just a few months ago when there was fights breaking out because of toilet paper and because of the scarcity or the lack of toilet paper. You guys remember that? It wasn't that long ago. Fights breaking out. 
over toilet paper. Uh, you know, people that are so full of rage, just a couple weeks ago, people so full of rage that they're willing to just push somebody else onto train tracks. Angry, angry. We're surrounded by angriness. And of course, I don't need to tell you guys that because you look at your social media posts and you see on Facebook, you see just the anger that everybody has. But you see, kindness reflects the tenderness of God. Kindness will return a gentle answer to a harsh word. You guys ever had a harsh word thrown at you? Well, this fruit of the Spirit, kindness, will return a gentle answer instead of returning a harsh word for a harsh word. Kindness reflects the tender heart of God towards the helpless. Kindness is that fruit that the Holy Spirit produces in you that when you see somebody that's in need, when you see someone that's lacking, when you see somebody who doesn't have the necessities of life, kindness is what moves your heart to feel compassion towards them. David prayed this in the Old Testament. He said, Lord, do not remember the sins of my youth according to your loving kindness. That's what David prayed. He said, God, please don't remember my sin. Forgive me of my sin. And it's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repenting, that leads to our repenting and to His forgiving. Loving kindness. The Holy Spirit's empowering of kindness allows us to extend forgiveness to those who sin against us. Have you ever been sinned against? Have you ever had somebody lie about you or, or cheat on you or say some ne something negative about you? Kindness, kindness, this fruit of the Spirit is what allows us to extend forgiveness. Paul says in the New Testament that God's kindness leads to repentance. Instead of answering anger for anger, Return anger with kindness. What do you think that response might do? If you responded with kindness, if we had more of this fruit of the Spirit in our lives. The next fruit is goodness. Number six, when we talk about goodness, we talk about a goodness that is generous. That's what the original language implies. You see, goodness is kindness in action. If kindness provokes the emotion, goodness leads you to do something about it. Goodness takes the sentiment given by can, kindness and it gives it hands and feet. So it's not just, oh man, I feel compassion for this person. That's kindness. Goodness will lead you to do something to meet that person's need. Goodness attacks selfishness with generosity. The greatest expression of goodness that we see is we find it in the person and work of Jesus Christ. What we would ourselves willingly and sacrificially do for others. Jesus gave us the greatest example of this. It was Jesus' goodness, His sacrifice on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. It was His kindness in action, His goodness of willing to lay it all down with His life, give it all. Let me ask you guys this question. How has this fruit of the Spirit been evident in your life? How have we been able to see that in, in, in our own lives? Have you been putting kindness into action with your friends, with your family, with your neighbors? Think about that. Number seven is faithfulness. And when we talk about faithfulness, we talk about a faithfulness that perseveres. Listen, guys, there, were, there will always be temptations for us to abandon our faith. And you know, right now, in the day and age that we're living in, 
We don't always understand what God is doing. We don't always understand everything that's going on. Living in the middle of a pandemic, people act like, why, why are we going through this? Why are we suffering this? The rise in the numbers all over the U.S. and here in New York City as well. Uh, the, the news has been coining the phrase COVID fatigue. because we're just, we're just done with it. Right? We're just tired of it. The political climate is going on in the world. The social unrest that we see. And it's easy to lose faith. It's easy. There's always that temptation to lose faith. But faithfulness is endurance rooted in trust in who God is, regardless of how rocked your world is. Listen, all of our worlds are rocked right now. All of us are going through it. We're all feeling these pressure points. We're all feeling the stress. We're all feeling different levels of anxiousness and anxiety with everything that's going on in the world. But faithfulness is what allows us to remain rooted in who God is because of who He is and who He says He is, regardless of what's going on around us. It also speaks to the utter and complete dependence on God's power through Christ to save us apart from our works because it's not by what we do. So our faithfulness perseveres because regardless of, of my performance, Jesus is the one who gives me forgiveness of sin and new life. When I screw up, when I fail, I tend to beat myself up. But it's God's power in Christ's work through the Holy Spirit that allows me to persevere in faithfulness. Do you feel like you're at the end of your rope? Do you feel like you've let God down? Do you feel like you've let yourself down? Has the, do the, does the condition of this world, does it have you shook? Then you need to pray this fruit into your life. The fruit of faithfulness and a faithfulness that perseveres. Number eight is gentleness. And it's gentleness that's rooted in humility. Rooted in humility. You see, in order to exhibit gentleness, we need humility because gentleness requires us to put others before our own selves. Gentleness surrenders our will to the Spirit so that we might not answer or respond with the same level of intensity that we receive. This week we went to pack some gifts, some Christmas gifts. Uh, I think they said they're packing like 90,000 Christmas gifts to give children all over New York City. And we were walking from one site to another right here in Bushwick to, to go pack up these gifts. And there was this young girl. I don't know if she was Snapchatting or Instagramming. I don't know what she was doing. She was videoing on her phone. And as she was videoing, I don't know if she was videoing herself or at the crowd of these volunteers that were going to the site to pack gifts. One lady did not like the fact that she was videoing on her phone and she let her know it. But the way she let her know it, uh, my goodness, was she cursed her out. She said, get that effing camera out of my face. She said, don't, re what was the matter with you? And, and then, the, you know, the young girl got a little defensive and, you know, I, 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 don't, I was so frazzled by the lady's response. I really don't know what, what the young girl, you know, I know at the end she was like, have a nice day, you know, and walked away or whatever. But the lady was like, my goodness, like coming out of her mouth and cursing this young girl out. 
And then I thought to myself, what if that was me? How would have I responded to that lady if that was me? We need this gentleness rooted in humility. See, gentleness will help you remain teachable. It'll give, it'll take, it'll give you the posture of a learner. Did you ever put your foot in your mouth because you swore that something was what it was? No, that's what it is. That's what it is. And then it wasn't. <laughs> gentleness, gentleness will help you in that. Gentleness will help you remain teachable. Jesus demonstrates gentleness. Do you guys remember that conversation he had between that adulterous woman that they dragged before Jesus' feet? What did Jesus tell her? Jesus said, where are those that accuse you? He says, go and sin no more. Right? That's that gentleness Jesus gave to them. What about the gentleness that Jesus gave Zacchaeus who climbed up to a tree to see him? And Jesus went up to him and said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I'm coming to your house today to celebrate with you, to eat with you, to eat lunch with you. I'm coming with you. Or what about Peter, who denied him three times? What was Jesus' response to him? Jesus told him, feed my sheep, Peter. That's the gentleness that Peter had. Now listen, I know what some of you are thinking. You guys are thinking, does that mean gentleness means that I got to be a pushover, Danny? <laughs> does that mean I got... No, gentleness does not mean that you are weak or that you are pushover. In fact, guys, I've been teaching you Greek like every, all throughout this whole thing because it's, there's so much more in there. The Greeks use the word prauti. I don't know how to pronounce it. Prautis or prautis. I'm making it up. Prautis. I'm not making this up. I'm making up the pronunciation. <laughs> this is factual. The Greeks use this word that we translate gentleness, and you know what it means? It means this. They use that word to describe strong animals under control. Gentleness allows us to tame the beast. It's what it does. It doesn't mean you're weak. It doesn't mean you're a pushover. It allows us to tame the beast. Have you exhibited the fruit of gentleness this week? Have you exhibited the fruit of gentleness in your speech? Have you exhibited the fruit of gentleness in your demeanor? In your responses to people on social media, on Facebook, with everything going on, with, with, with the voting? and How have your responses been there? Have they been gentle or anything but? Gentleness rooted in humility needs to be humble because that means you put others before yourself. And here's the last point, number nine. Self-control that is submissive. Self-control that is submissive. And this is important. This is an important fruit because uh, God does not simply make us our, uh, you know, his robotic servants. You know, come to Jesus, Holy Spirit just takes you over completely. You don't process or think or behave of your own, uh, you know, your own will, fruition. No, we need to practice self-control. The Holy Spirit helps us do this. It helps us practice self-control. It means that we submit to the Spirit's leading in our lives. The key words are submission, surrender. And when we practice self-control, we say that God's way is better and that we desire the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. And so we practice that. Whatever the Holy Spirit leads us, whatever He wants, whatever He desires for us, it's better. I want to say this. I want to do this. 
but the Holy Spirit's leading is better. Self-control will help us when the impulses of the sinful flesh come. When those desires come, the Holy Spirit comes in self-control, through self-control to help us. And it's not the same as self-discipline, like the world talks about, we need to have self-discipline. Because, you know, from the world's perspective, that's really for my selfish purposes, right? I want to be self-disciplined so I can be like jacked and ripped and, you know, whatever, right? That's, that's not what this is talking about. Instead, this is a spirit-empowered self-control for the glory of God, for your good, but also for the good of others. How is this fruit of self-control evidence in your life when it comes to resisting the flesh, to spiritual disciplines, prayer, reading God's word, gathering with God's people, to the glory of God and the good of others? We, we desperately need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need it. Because I don't know about you, but preparing all these weeks for this message, looking at the fruit of the Spirit, I'm like, geez, man. I need, the, I need so much more of the Holy Spirit in my life. More than ever. More than ever, guys, in the day and age that we're living in. The Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit needs to be put on display. People are having a field day with Christians' response to everything that are going on in the world. I was, reading, I was reading some comments on Twitter, just chasing a rabbit trail. And, and, and tweet after tweet, comment after comment, I heard people say, that's why I left the church. That's why I don't, I don't go to church anymore. Because this is the way so-called Christians respond. This is their attitude. This is how they talk. More than ever, we need the fruit of the Spirit to be on display. I need the fruit of the Spirit to be on display in my life more than ever. Unfortunately, many Christians look just like the world. I can't tell them apart. Is the fruit evident in your life? When we began this series, I spoke about a tug of war. Because Paul talks about the works of the flesh... And he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. And in this proverbial tug of war, they're on opposite ends of the rope. And, 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 the, and the works of the flesh, like what the flesh desires, is pulling on one side, and the Spirit is pulling on, on the other side. Who has the stronger grip in your life? The works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit? I don't know about you guys, but I'm just being honest. I need more of the Spirit's work in my life. I need more of the fruit of the Spirit. I need that pull on my life more and more and more. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible promises that the Holy Spirit is working in you. But you have something working against you as well. And so we need to pray. We need to pray. Holy Spirit, please, more and more and more. Allow me to be more like Jesus and lead me. I'm going to invite Hunter to come up here. He's going to lead us in, in one final song. And as he sings this song, uh, I'm just going to invite you guys just to pray. In, uh, right there where you are, just pray. 
and meditate. I'm going to just pray and I'm going to ask God, uh, Holy Spirit, I just need you more. I need you more. I need you evidenced in my life, you know, now. So uh, as he leads us in the song, take time to pray. I'm going to pray for us right now. Uh, and then just meditate on the words. Take time to pray right, right where you are. God, thank you so much uh, for this reminder, Father. And, and I know, God, that in my life, I fall desperately short. But I thank you for God's power through the Holy Spirit that permits me, Lord, to surrender the works of the flesh and to walk out the fruit of the Spirit. I pray, God, now more than ever that the fruit of the Spirit will be evidence in our lives. That people might see that Jesus is alive. That we might, with integrity, be able to share the good news of the gospel with others because they, people can see Jesus working in and through us, Father. We're not perfect people. We fall incredibly short, God. Thank you for the grace that you give us to lift us up every time we fall. The forgiveness that you extend to us over and over again. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for the blood of Jesus shed on our behalf. Holy Spirit, work in our lives. Produce fruit in our life, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.